All right. Hello and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast. Thank you guys for joining me. In this episode, we'll be going over the weekend series for the LSU baseball team as they went on the road to Arkansas. We'll also go over the three big things we learned from this series. Also, how did I do on the get right, stay right list? And then finally, what lies ahead this week for your Tigers? So, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU YouTube channel, please make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button, comments as well. I try to respond to anybody that leaves comments and the notifications bell as well. On Twitter, you can find me uh, at 60FT6IN. LSU pod that's at 60 feet 6 inch LSU pod make sure to follow the Twitter account set your notifications and interact with me as well I do a lot of live tweeting during the games and try to comment as much as possible I like to follow back and give shout outs for the support so thank you for anybody that's tuning in that's following me on Twitter so I appreciate the interaction and uh, we're just trying to make this thing better and better every week so got some studio upgrades here with the headphones and the mic so hopefully the audio is coming in nice and clear for y'all so um let's get to it it wasn't a great weekend for LSU. I think everybody will agree to that. Hopefully you're enjoying the end of your weekend, Easter Sunday for y'all. And some people are on spring break this next week. So not a great way to go into the week. But, uh, you know, I don't think all things are bad. You know, I think there's definitely some positives that came out of the week. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But as everybody knows, LSU got swept on the weekend at Arkansas. They fall to 23-12 and 12 on, the week, on the year. They are 7-8 and eight in conference. So right at the midway point of conference with five SEC series remaining. And while the series as a whole was disappointing, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. Um, Obviously, getting swept on the road anytime is never great, ever. You always want to try to take one on the road, and I think they had chances to take a game or two. But I think it's just time to take a deep breath and a chance for Coach Johnson and his players to regroup. And the turnaround is quick. You know, they have another Thursday-Friday series coming up at home this weekend versus Missouri, who I believe just came off a series win against Kentucky. So they're going to be coming in with a lot of conference, but it's a chance to hit reset and just really almost self-scout and figure out where you are at the halfway point of the year and what are you going to do moving forward. So I don't think they've played themselves out of a regional yet, but I don't think they've necessarily can feel secure about where they are in terms of uh, regional seedings or standings or if they're on the bubble or not. So definitely not a chance to relax and, and take your foot off the gas the remainder of the year. What I think we saw from Arkansas was, uh, and I may have undersold them a little bit too. You know, one thing I want y'all to realize is I don't have access to any of the coaches or any type of film or, or data or analytics or scouting reports that the um, LSU coaching staff has. You know, I just do a lot of research on my own, watch a lot of videos and highlights on my own. So I do my best guess in my predictions, but I may have undersold them a little bit. I think you saw a veteran team in Arkansas. Um, one that takes advantage of mistakes. They have an unbelievable defense. They lead the conference in, in fielding percentage, and I think that was on full display this week, you know, uh, with their infielders especially. Um, and if you give them extra chances, they're going to make you pay. You know, they don't get rattled at, as all. And I thought the arms they threw out there were really impressive. And I just didn't know the quality of arms. I, I You know, I saw, I've seen Nolan pitch their ace before, but in terms of what they brought out of the pen with um, Taylor – and I didn't realize I was Zach Taylor's uh, brother, so that was my bad. But Taylor was electric from the left side. He's 95-96 with a great curveball. You saw the freshman closer, Tigert, who has great stuff. Then you saw 
big Zeb Vermillion come in as well. And they just have really good arms. And also they're starters. Besides the ace, you know, you have a, a freshman in Hagen Smith who I thought else you could get to, but they just weren't able to get to. And then the Sunday guy, um, in this can't just in this case, a Saturday guy, Jackson Wiggins, he he got in a groove and held his own. So we just weren't able to capitalize on the troubles or bad pitches that their hitters, uh, excuse me, that their pitchers did throw. And in terms of their hitters, you know, they're all very good hitters. I don't think anybody stands out above the rest, but that's just that's not to say they're bad at all. I mean, they're great hitters, and that's the problem. One through nine, there's not an easy out in that lineup. And they're a very old, experienced team, and a lot of those guys have been there, done that before. So when they got behind in some of these games, they didn't panic. They just saw opportunities late in the games. or with two strikes. They had better at-bats than LSU did. And they just had key hits and put the pressure on LSU, and, and they were able to take advantage of that. So I looked at the rosters. And in terms of – I'll just focus on Thursday night. I didn't go through for a Friday and Saturday in terms of the starting nine. But here are the roster comparisons for LSU and Arkansas. Now, this is the starting nine for the Thursday night game. LSU rolled out seven sophomores and two freshmen. Now, some of those guys are redshirt sophomores, but uh, – to me, they're still a sophomore. So seven sophomores and two freshmen in that lineup. And Arkansas started five seniors, one junior, two sophomores, and a freshman. So that just comes back to the point I was talking about. And I think Coach Johnson mentioned that in an after-game interview. You know, he said they're, they're more athletic than us, they're better than us, they have better started pitching, better, better depth, they have more experience. And in the end, I think that's just how the series went, you know. It just went their way, and they made things happen, and LSU just couldn't make the plays when they needed to. And unfortunately, that resulted in a sweep. So, all right, let's get into the games real quick. Um, Thursday night, I think you have to walk away feeling like you gave this game away. You know, against a very tough pitcher in Connor Nolan. He had a no-hitter going through six. Uh, in the, my preview episode, I did not think that LSU would win this game. But there you are, after being no-hit for six innings, or into the sixth, you have a chance to really take this game home and take a surprise victory in Fayetteville on a Thursday night. LSU finds itself up 3-2 to two with the lead going into the bottom of the seventh. And what you saw up until that point was Mikhail, Mikhail Hilliard doing what he always does and what he's done this year. You know, he's going to give LSU a chance to win. He's going to battle. He's going to keep you in games. And he did that again. He went his line for Thursday night. He went five innings, three hits, two earned runs. Excuse me, two runs, one earned, four walks, which he had a bad inning where he gave with those four walks, which led to a run. He actually walked in a run, and then he had five strikeouts. So it kind of got off to an auspicious start with the first hitter of the game. It's a dribbler down third base line. Jacob Berry throws it into, you know, right field. The guy gets on second. He eventually comes around to score. So right there, the defense rears his ugly head again. You're down one nothing. In the third, Hillier ran into some control problems. He had four walks that inning. He walked in a run. So now you're looking at you're down two nothing, and Nolan's rolling along at this point, you know. But you're still not out of it. Still not out of it. So going into the top of the six, LSU finally breaks through with two outs. Travinsky gets hit. Then you go out-out. But then you get four singles in a row. Truly impressive off Nolan. He leaves some pitches up in the zone. So then you go Cruz, Barry, Doty, Pearson, single, 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 single. And all of a sudden you take the lead. It's 3-2, a ton of momentum. And you're like, holy hell, are they going to find a way to steal this game? Because we know the bullpen's been lights out. So... You're feeling very confident at that point going into the sixth. Cooper works out of some trouble in the bottom of the sixth, and then in the seventh, it was just a rough inning really for the defense. You know, the middle infield, they were on my get-right list, and, it, and it, they just kind of struggled in this game, to be honest with you. 
So in the bottom of the seventh, you have two outs, a man on first. And Cooper, I think, who came in in relief the previous innings, pitched really well up to this point. You get a ground ball up the middle, and Thompson just can't corral it. He gets there. I don't know if he slips or he's going to go to one knee and try and pick it up and field it. I can't tell if it takes a bad hop. But if he makes that play, you get out of that inning, and you're still up 3-2 heading into the top of the eighth. But he doesn't make the play, and then things just kind of snowball right there. Fontenot comes in. He throws five curveballs in a row. He gets the two strikes, and he just hangs a curveball. And I, I couldn't stand – I didn't mind calling another curveball right there, but after the hitter seen five in a row, and the count, I believe, at that point was one and two, you got to find a way to, to bury it or bounce it, get him to swing at it, because he's seen enough of them to where you know if, he's, if you hang it, he's going to be able to put the bat on the ball. I would have rather seen a fastball at some point right there, maybe in or up just to change his eye level, then come back with a curveball again as the out pitch. But he hangs it. He hits a ground ball up the middle. Can't make the play. Um, have a chance to throw the runner out at home. But Thompson's, you know, he's in, he's like 15 feet behind the second base bag. He makes an off-balance throw. They score. Then Razelman comes in. We have a pass ball. And this is something I cannot stand that catchers everywhere do. Pro ball, college especially. But we have our catchers with runners on base. They're on one knee. And it's killing me. Razelman spikes a fastball. And instead of us being able to block it up, old school style, where you drop two knees, you get your chest out in front of the ball. We try to glove it. It goes off Travinsky's mitt. The runners move up to second and third. Then the next play is a single which I don't know what happened. The camera was dragging on that. They hit a, a line drive to Doty, and he looks like he breaks up the middle towards second base, and then line drive goes into the four hole. So it looks like he breaks to his right, and the line drive goes to his left. So I don't know if he got a bad read off the bat. I don't know if he slipped. I don't know what happened, but he doesn't make the play and two-run score right there. So it's just, it's just a kind of a comedy of errors and just a combination of bad things, and LSU fans have seen that this whole year with – we're a ground ball play away from getting out of that inning. Then we go single, pass ball, wild pitch, whatever you want to call it. We spike a fastball. Then another single that we I think we misplay. And all of a sudden, instead of having the lead, now you're down. Five to three right there. In the top of the eighth, LSU comes right back. Morgan gets on via catcher's interference. Cruz singles. Barry singles for an RBI. Doty basically ground ball back to the pitcher. So we have, and then Pearson walks. So you have bases loaded. You're down by one and you're thinking, holy crap, we just gave it away. We got a chance right here to tie it up or take the lead with a single. And Thompson comes up. And man, I feel bad for Thompson. He has really been struggling at the plate. More on that later. Arkansas, Arkansas shifts to where they have everybody on the left side of the infield. The second baseman's playing right behind the bag. And lo and behold, Thompson. Hits a ground ball right to the second baseman. He fields it unassisted. Well, he steps on second, throws to first. Double play. Inning's over. And you like, if, if that ground ball is three feet to the left of the second baseman, where he's playing, that's two runs. Easy. Or if they're not shifting, that's a ground ball up the middle. And that's another two runs. It just, that was just kind of how LSU's weekend was, you know. And, and Thompson comes up when he's struggling with a chance to, uh, you're going to get the lead back or tie it and just not able to come through right there. So, And that's the game right there. You know, you had a chance to secure the win. You make a play here or there. Get another hit. After really looking like you had no chance against Noland, 
And you got to lead that game as the coaching staff and as the players just kicking yourself because you felt like you let that one get away. And then you go into Friday, and it was, you know, it's kind of the complete opposite. We stole one from Mississippi State in the bottom of the ninth. We came back, we, we took the lead, you know, we beat those guys. And then you saw Saturday was a close one, but LSU was able to pull that one out as well. So, you know, you just wonder how LSU is going to come out on Friday. Where's the momentum going to be? Which dugout's going to be in? You know, is LSU going to jump out to an early lead and Arkansas going to panic a little bit? On Friday, they had freshman Hagen Smith going, who I thought LSU had a really good chance to hit. Florida pounded him the week before. He left a lot of fastballs in the middle of the plate, left a lot of fastballs up, and Florida absolutely crushed him. So I like this matchup, and I felt like Blake Money was due for a turnaround game. And you may be rolling your eyes or shaking your head, but I just felt like he was due for a good outing. And he, and he threw the longest, and I don't think he threw bad. He threw the longest he did all year. So on Friday, Money goes six and two-thirds, gives up seven hits, two walks, and one K. And it really just seemed like this team kind of came out with zero energy. Um, you could feel that coming through the TV and the radio. It took forever for them to figure – they really never figured out Hagen Smith, you know, ever. It was weird. Like, Cruz struck out on a 3-2 pitch above his head to lead off the game. And it felt like right there you could feel – I could as a former pitcher. Hagen Smith just breathe, breathe a sigh of relief. And then he went to cruise control for like three innings. And he was dominant. You know, LSU came into the game hitting last in the SEC versus left-handed pitching, and it only got worse from there. He was dominant. He was 90-93. to he busted LSU's hitters in all day, and we couldn't adjust. It was something that I wish our pitchers would do more of, and he just pounded the inside corner versus our right-handed hitters. So, and it just felt like we just couldn't get anything going against him. They couldn't solve it, and and there was really LSU loses that Friday night game four to nothing. But it felt like they just it was close, but it was never really close. You just felt like there was no way they were going to mount a comeback. It would have taken an error or a double or something, some type of a big play, a home run to really turn the momentum and get LSU rolling, and that just never happened. You know, Blake Money gave up a solo home and that day, in that game, if y'all remember, there was a jet stream blowing out from right to left. So Blake Money gave up a solo home run to lead off the third to a left-handed hitter. And then he gets an out, then he gives up a three to two walk. And it seems like he goes three to two, three two a lot. He has trouble finishing guys off at times. Then he gets an out, so you're two outs right there, but then you give up a two-run home run to another left-handed hitter out to left field again. So they get it up in that jet stream, and it goes out. And so now you're looking at a three-to-nothing game. And in the fifth, Money gives up another solo home run to a left-handed hitter out to left field. And at that point, it's 4 nothing. And ever, LSU never threatened till the eighth inning. You know, they had bases loaded with two outs, and Doty flies out, and that's it. I mean, this game's really easy to sum up. Hagen Smith was dominant. LSU didn't have an answer. Money didn't pitch bad, but I mean, if you look, I mean, as soon as you gave up a home run, the game was over. You know, I say solo home runs can never beat you. And I don't know if they did beat you that day so much as Arkansas's pitching staff and Hagen Smith beat you that day. But uh, after Smith came in, you know, you had Zeb Vermillion, who's a big old guy, big beard. He was throwing 95 to 98. And then Taylor comes in again, Zach's brother and Taylor from the left. He just deals and shuts LSU down again. So... They used two other four relievers in the pen, and, and they just they picked up where Hagen Smith left off, and they just slammed the door. And so that was just kind of open shut. There's really not much to discuss. They didn't really do anything. They just didn't hit in that game. You know, I think they had three hits total in that entire Friday game. 
So not a good showing for LSU right there. And so you come into Sunday and you're like, what's their mindset? You know, can they jump out early and get some momentum going? Will Dutton, who's a freshman on the road in a tough spot, will he continue to throw well? And we know that uh, Taylor's been backing him up, really coming in at the first sign of trouble. So what's that going to look like? And LSU's going against another talented right-handed pitcher from Arkansas in Jackson Wiggins. But what you saw is you saw Dutton come out and throw really well early. He went four complete, which I believe is his longest outing of the year. And I continue to like his progress. You know, he they feel like I feel like they've had a short leash with him. And on Sundays, I guess you never want to let it get out of hand. But in this game, you knew that the first sign of trouble, they were going to go to the pin because Coach Johnson and Coach Kelly really needed that win on the way home. You know, if, if, you're, if you're going to win one game, might as well win the last one. So you leave Fayetteville and you come back to Baton Rouge feeling good heading into the week. So first sign of trouble, I feel like they were going to pull him. But they let him work out of a couple jams, but he did a good job. He went four complete. I really felt like the problem was... LSU had a chance to get Jackson Wiggins out the game early. You know, the pin was up. Arkansas's bullpen was up and getting loose in the second. He was struggling with his command, and they had him on the ropes. They just could not figure out a way to throw that knockout punch. They got hits early and often against them, but then everything they had going just kind of petered out. And he was allowed to work out of some trouble, and then he got into a rhythm. And then for like innings three, four, five, he was rolling. A ton of confidence. A lot of his pitches working. He threw hard, you know, 94 to 97, and uh, a big sophomore. And LSU just couldn't put anything against him. It felt like in the first, second, or third, that was what that was a chance LSU really had to take the bull by the horns, get him out, get some of those relievers that are unproven into the game. Because mainly if you look at their pin, it's, it's a lot of guys that – it's those four guys that throw at the end of games. You know, they throw 7, 8, 9. You don't really see – their starters go out before the fifth. So what is their bullpen like if they have to go three, four, five, six? I, I don't know. And we didn't find out, unfortunately. You know, LSU puts a run on the board in the second. Joe Bear and Stevenson get it going and Cruz hits a double. Then LSU, nothing really happens to the bottom of the fifth. They pull Dutton in the fifth after a leadoff walk. Oh, and this is an important part. So in the top of the fifth is when Braden Joe Bear... Um, strikes out on that weird call by the umpire. They felt like he was causing a delay game. They give him a strike, which ended up being the third strike of his at-bat, and that's it. And to me, I even tweeted this out on my account. You can go back and check. I said this was danger time for LSU. So you're heading to the bottom of the fifth after Joe Bear's strikeout, after the interference call, the delay of game call by the umpires. The fans start going nuts. LSU, I mean, Arkansas's players run off the field. They're hooting and hollering. And I can, I can tell you, in that dugout, they were get, they were amped up, and they were getting each other hyped up, and they were probably all said to each other, "Let's go, let's get it going." And now is the time. And I just felt like it was danger zone, you know. It, 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 the momentum had started to shift with the crowd getting back into it, and you could feel it move towards Arkansas's dugout. And it's tough for Dutton to be in that situation as a freshman on the road. And I don't know if he could feel it shift, and I don't know this for a fact. I wonder if one of the coaches, Coach Johnson or Coach Kelly, pulled him aside and said, look, you know, they're hype over there, they're amped up, their crowd's into it. All you need to do is get the first guy out this inning and let's go from there. Just get the first guy, 
Let's settle the crowd down. Let those guys in the other dugout calm down. Let's let our hitters forget about what just happened to Joe Bear. But unfortunately, he goes four-pitch walk. And that's <laughs> that's probably the worst thing. I would rather somebody hit to get on base, or that's probably the worst thing that could have happened right there. So you go four-pitch walk, and then they bring in Taylor. So Taylor comes in. Then you go a, uh, a single, so first and second. And then Taylor gets a ground ball back to him, and he just can't. Well, there's first and third at that point. I apologize. Taylor gets a ground ball back to him, and he just can't. He catches it, and he tries to turn and throw all in one motion as opposed – and every pitcher's done this. as a, You just rush. You catch it, and you rush. And it was interesting, though, because he caught it first and third. He caught it, and he tries to turn to second to turn the double play. And I think if he would have caught it and looked up at the runner at third, he would have been dead to rights and would have been in a rundown, and you assume LSU makes that play right there. So now you probably have first and second one out, and it's a completely different inning. But instead, he tries to turn the double play. He fumbles with the ball. The run scores. And now you're looking at first and second. No outs. Then you go 3-2. A walk to load the bases. Then he has two strikes. And then you get a C&I single up the middle. It scores two. Cooper comes in on an 0-2 pitch. He doesn't bury a curveball. And they hit a sacrifice fly to score another one. And that's the end of the inning. You know, so it's. Something to where they had the momentum going to, into that inning and LSU just couldn't make the plays or the pitches really to get out of that inning and keep that game close. You know, LSU scratches a run in the sixth, um, have men on base, and then Barry and Cruz get out to the end of the inning. And that was it basically at that point. You know, LSU ends up losing that game. Gervais gives up a two-run home run in the seventh, but to me that didn't really matter. The final score is 6-2. It's just when Arkansas had that inning and scored those four runs, you look back and and you can't say what ifs, but they were so close to keeping that game close. And Arkansas brought in Tiger, their closer, who came in on Thursday night. And LSU had some good looks at him on Thursday. I thought they probably got a good feel for him. He throws a lot of curveballs, probably 85% curveballs. So with a guy like that, if he comes in again throughout the weekend, you know what he's you know you know what his curveball looks like. You know what he's going to throw. But they just weren't really at a point to where they could mount a comeback. It was another game where I liked the matchup. We just just couldn't pull through right there, and they ended up getting swept. And also, you saw LSU pop a lot of hits that game, but they went quiet at the wrong time. So on that Saturday game, LSU had 12 punch outs, so 12 strikeouts. They left 13 men on base, and they hit 2 for 14 with runners in scoring position. So a cool 143, which is I mean, it's horrible. And on the flip side, Arkansas went 3 for 4 runners on third and less than 2 outs. So runners on third, less than 2 outs. Arkansas went three for four, and, you know, LSU only made one error on defense. So I guess, you know, they only made two errors all weekend. They kind of came at inopportune times, as, as typically happens, it seemed like, with this team. But it's just another game where you feel like if you make a play or two or a pitch to get out of the fifth, you got a chance late, but it just didn't happen for LSU. So you get swept and you head home, just kind of shaking your head on that. Okay, so what are the three big things? We always do this. This is the first time you're checking us out. On the series review, we do the three big things. So what did we learn? So moving forward, I think you just can't allow one loss to affect another loss. So, you know, LSU, obviously, with 
the biggest thing with LSU football, everybody always say you lose on the Alabama week. You put so much stock and effort and hype into the Alabama game. You can't let that loss cause you to lose the following weekend. And I don't know this for a fact, but you just wonder if there's a little bit of a hangover effect after that tough Thursday night loss where you walk out of the park and you felt like you let it slip through your hands. And then you come out Saturday, you face a tough left-handed pitcher who you don't hit well against anyway. And they just did never get, never got going. So I don't, I don't know for sure. Obviously, I'm not in the hotel, but you just wonder if that Thursday loss contributed to the slow start and the bad game on Friday. So moving forward, you just can't allow that to happen. They're not in a position to really where they can drop two in a row anymore. They have to come out with a greater sense of urgency, and I'm sure the coaches are preaching that. So when I say sense of urgency, I mean from a baseball perspective, if, if you have a pitcher on the ropes, you got to get a big hit. You know, if you have two strikes, you got to spread out and foul a bunch of balls off, maybe poke a ball to right field. If you're a pitcher and you have men on first and second with two outs, you can't go 0 2 to a walk. You can't go 0 2 to 3 2 to make a bad pitch. You know, you got to finish guys off. You got to take advantage of the situations when they're there, and you just cannot give teams extra chances. The second thing we learned, in my opinion, they have to figure out a way to have better at bats against tougher pitches earlier in the game, especially against lefties. They've struggled against lefties. They're going to face more, obviously. But they can't wait six or seven innings to figure out a pitcher or not have innings where they strike out two or three times looking and they have non-productive at-bats. They have to figure out a way to have better at-bats against tougher pitchers earlier in the game to where they drive the pitch count up, maybe getting that pin a little earlier. And I know this is a young team, and everything just kind of snowballs, but it seems like they've had more of those innings a little bit lately. So that's the second thing I learned. And then lastly, I think the defense is what it is at this point. I think everybody's just going to have to accept it. It's gotten better lately. It seems like the errors, the number of errors per game have come down. But, I mean, they're, they're going to cost you some games. They're not going to make as many plays as other teams do. And... We're just going to have to live with it, you know, and, and offense is going to have to step up. Pitchers going to have to step up, but it, it just kind of is what it is. They're not going to be Arkansas's defense where they're making diving plays at third. They're making big league plays at short or at second base. The guy's going in the right field making throw off his back foot. You know, it's just that may happen every once in a while, but I don't think it's going to happen very frequently, unfortunately. But I do feel like the pitching is finding a way to keep you in games at this point for the most part. And – I had a chance to keep you in games, even though they give up leads, to where you had a chance late. And you may say, how can you say that coming off a sweep? But if you take out really two innings from the bullpen this weekend, that was that was the majority of the runs they gave up, and that's what really took LSU out of those games. So the three big things, you can't let one loss affect the others. Got to figure out a way to have better ABs moving forward against the tougher pitchers, especially lefties. And while a defense is what it is at this point, I do think the pitchers find ways to keep you in games. And that's the starters and the relievers. That's just my opinion. So, Another thing, we can make this the fourth if you want, Arkansas still has to play Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, and A&M. So that's good for LSU because all those teams in the SEC West have to go play the Hogs. And they're tough. And they're probably going to end up in Omaha. And... um That only bodes well for LSU. If they can kind of take care of business, then all those teams are going to drop games. Uh, Because I don't really see Arkansas losing a series the rest of the year. Not to those teams. So, at home or on the road. I just don't see it happening. So, all right. So, get right, stay right. So, how do I do on the get right, stay right list for the weekend? I can tell you what. Not a spoiler here. I did not do well. 
So get right. For get right, I had Thompson and Doty. Well, they didn't get right. It was really uh, Thompson at the plate and Thompson and Doty up the middle on defense. So on the weekend, Thompson had a rough one. He was one for 12 with three Ks and had eight people left on base. And this is kind of back-to-back weekends where he's had, I don't know, I want to say two or three hits in two weekends. So he's in a rough spot right now. Now, Doty, on the other hand, he was two for 11 with three Ks and four left on base. And he's been pretty consistent, but he had a rough weekend this weekend as well. And then Thursday night, their defense in that one inning, um, it was just tough right there. You know, they just didn't make the plays when they had a chance and, and just really couldn't get out of that inning. So even though LSU only committed two errors, it was just really at the wrong times right there. The other person I had on my get light wrist, excuse me, get right list was uh, Devin Fontenot. And he didn't get right. Um, on the weekend, he only pinched once, and that was on Thursday night. He didn't record an out. He gave up an RBI single. And he just didn't execute that one pitch. He only faced one hitter, and then he got pulled. So he just left that uh, curveball hanging after his fifth curveball on a road to that um, hitter. And you didn't see him again the rest of the weekend. So I would love for him to get right. Uh, I think he's still trying to figure out his place, where he fits in the bullpen rotation. And that may be playing a little bit of part. Uh, mentally on him you know if he can't figure out where he fits and he's struggling on the mound there's just, he may just be heading out to the mound with a lot of question marks and not a lot of confidence in himself I don't know if that's the case I don't I don't know the young man but uh I think a lot of pitchers have been through that in their careers and I, that's just kind of what I see him grappling with in terms of stay right who did I have on the preview episode so stay right I said the bottom of the order so seven eight nine and it was kind of a combination of Joe Bear the catchers and Stevenson so on the weekend, they were combined 4 for 28 with 15 Ks. That is a 143 batting average. Not good. I think you see Joe Bear really struggling right now. He looks to be in his head a little bit. He's kind of second-guessing himself. He doesn't look to be as aggressive as he was earlier in the year. Um, you know, you may be seeing these guys press. Travinsky had a rough weekend. And I think, you know, hopefully it gets turned around for those guys because it's okay if one of the one of those guys isn't hitting one game, or maybe one of those guys doesn't hit for the weekend. But for all those all three of those guys in seven, eight, nine to be off, it's really tough to turn the lineup over. So when all three of them aren't hitting, you know, Morgan or Cruz, whoever's at the top of the order is not going to get as many at bats, and, and that's just it's going to make it tougher for LSU to score runs. So they did not stay right. Also on the stay right list, I had the bullpen, and to me. They didn't do bad, but I don't know if they stayed right either. We can call it a push if you want. Y'all can tell me, but they gave up half the runs LSU gave up all weekend, and that was really only in two bad innings. On the weekend, the bullpen went eight and a third innings pitched. They had 11 hits, eight runs, seven earned, three walks, and eight Ks. That is a 7.56 ERA, which is obviously not good. And... I think their bad moments were highlighted throughout the weekend. Some guys pitched pretty well. I thought Cooper pitched really well. And you really saw Johnson and Kelly manage it like a big league bullpen this weekend. They were moving guys in and out, really playing analytics and matchups. I don't know how I feel about that. I think sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I like playing the hot hand, especially if Cooper's throwing the ball well, regardless if it's a righty or lefty. Sometimes I think you should just leave him in there and let him get out of his own trouble, you know. Razelman pitched okay, and Jervais only pitched once, and that was on the during the Saturday game. And then lastly, I had LSU to stay right on the road, and that didn't happen with getting swept. They had been great on the road. You know, they were 5-1 and one in SEC Road Series this year with a series win at Florida and the sweep at Mississippi State, and that just didn't happen. 
let some chances slip through their hands. And now they just have to learn from it and turn the page and get ready for Mizzou at home, which is a big weekend to start the second half of SEC conference play. So got to forget about that and get ready to go again. So what is does the week ahead have for the LSU Tigers? So this week, LSU will play at home on Tuesday versus ULL in the Wally Pontiff Classic. And yes, I called him ULL. I will not call him Louisiana. ULL comes in at 20-15 and 15 on the season and 9-6 and six in Sunbelt play. And that game will start at 6.30 on Tuesday. Uh, and once again, LSU has another Thursday through Saturday series this weekend at home versus Mizzou. Mizzou is coming in off a conference series win versus Kentucky, I believe. So we're looking for LSU to get back on track. And this weekend, just to let y'all know, a little personal note, this will be a celebration of the 1997 National Championship team this weekend. So it's a 25-year reunion for me and my guys. So I'm very lucky to have been a part of that team. I feel very blessed. And we will be recognized on the Saturday game, which is at noon start time. Crazy start time. Very early. But if you want to see us old guys hang out on the field or want to come up and say hello if you're at the ballpark, please feel free to do so. Uh, more than happy to... Talk to y'all, say hello, and uh, to see what's going on. Maybe get some feedback about the podcast. So, But that's what LSU has. Tuesday game against ULL at home. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday game at home against Mizzou to really start the last five series in the second half of SEC play. So that'll do us for this week with the LSU-Arkansas series review, 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU podcast. I appreciate y'all joining me. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like and comment on this video as well. Hit that notifications button. Also, make sure you check out the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Like, like tweets, comment, retweet. Hit me up on there. I, I accept DMs if you think I should add something else to the show. More than happy to respond. I like to follow people who follow me, so I like to give shout outs and thank you for your support. I appreciate everything up until this point. So hopefully y'all can enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a good week. And if you're in spring break, have an even better week, guys. But um, be looking out for that Missouri preview pod, which I'll be releasing Thursday morning. So thank y'all. Y'all stay safe. This is Chris DeMu at 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU Pod signing off.